Welcome to the More Deadly Podcast, where we review horror movies directed exclusively by women-identified directors that prove that the female of the species is more deadly than the male. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is one of my most favoritest peeps on the entire planet, and I do mean all 360 degrees of round planetness, <laughs> Ariel! Hi! <laughs> hey, babe! How are you? I'm doing good. Yeah, any yeah. weird spooky doings or weirdness happening in your neck of the woods that we need to touch down on? You know what? I haven't been home very much, so I Fair. haven't gotten to experience anything truly strange. Although okay. I did take my dog on a walk right before we started recording, and there's this little wiener dog that lives in my complex, and we passed by it, and my dog and that dog were wearing the same sweater. Oh, no. <laughs> what does that mean? Is that some weird synchronicity thing? Did you accidentally slip through some sort of Mandela effect on your on I your don't walk? know. Oh, good question. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so I know the dog wears the same sweater. Is Was it a similar kind of dog? Well, my dog is a little white fluffy thing. Yeah. And this was a wiener dog. So they're about oh. the same size. Ooh, so this is maybe, you know, the the dark mustache, like mustachioed version. <laughs> what about the person walking the dog? Hmm. Oh, good question. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I love that you have no idea about the human. I can't remember what they looked like. I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't remember anything about them. <laughs> Let's not get you on the witness stand. <laughs> unless, Listen, unless the dog was the perpetrator. <laughs> I could draw that dog right now, though. You know? <laughs> or describe them to a sketch artist. Oh, here. They're like, okay, tell us about the perpetrator. Well, it was short. Um, uh, had long brown torso. eyes. Long torso. Short legs. Very short legs. Really cool accessories. Oversized kind of floppy ears. They're like, what are you talking about? Long nose. <laughs> Long black nose. Listen, I focus on the important part, okay? <laughs> I d we In the Discord, for those who are patrons, they already know this. In the Discord, we were doing that thing where you like... It was something I saw on social media, and I was like, this could be fun. So I threw it in there, and it was like, what would you put in a pentagram to summon me? Yes. How did you feel about one of the five items being a, a live skunk? <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to do it again, I would definitely include pizza ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> this pizza ghost i know i'm sorry i don't know I what mean, happened i'm increasingly convinced it was actually not a spectral thing but a neighbor crush because pizza ghost evaporated the minute that they moved out yeah that's true i just feel like if that's true then say something because i don't know we were all trapped in our homes i wasn't getting any so like <laughs> right that was the moment they should have struck they would have yes. had their highest chance of you being like fuck it <laughs> good enough right right 
<laughs> oh well hopefully you'll get a new pizza ghost of some variety instead of just i mean in this neighborhood anything's possible you know anything is po- everything is possible <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> awesome all right well let's get into this before we get too far ahead though can you please let our listeners know in case they're new around these parts what our spoiler policy is of course so eventually we're going to spoil this whole movie but first yeah, i'm going to tell you about the director and the making of the movie and then Rachel and I will give you some non-spoilery overall thoughts of what we think of the movie and whether it's worth checking out. And then spoiler time. And we'll talk about the whole yeah. thing. So if that bothers you, go check out this movie and then come on back. It's available on VOD. Yes, it is. I threw $3 at it myself today. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll decide. Was it worth $3? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, tell me about this movie film. All right. So The Long Walk. I don't even know if we told people that's the movie we're covering today. Oh. But <laughs> we're going to be talking about The Long Walk, directed by Maddie Doe. <laughs> I'm good at this. <laughs> we have our shit together. We know what's going we on. We do. We're so profesh. <laughs> All right. So Maddie Doe is a Lao-American filmmaker. Her parents were from Laos. They were refugees who came to the U.S. to escape war and political instability. And then they raised her in L.A. So unlike a lot of the filmmakers we cover, she didn't actually grow up dreaming to be a director, but was actually really involved in ballet. Oh. Yeah, she loved ballet. And then later in life, her mother convinced her to also become trained in beauty and makeup so that she could support her dreams. She grew up loving wow. movie horror movies, though. Ah, that's our girl. <laughs> so apparently, this is funny, she got to watch a ton of inappropriate films when she was really young. because okay, her... she is our people. <laughs> right? <laughs> Did she read V.C. Andrews, though? <laughs> <laughs> so she got to watch these movies because her immigrant father didn't understand the U.S. rating system. And so her mother created this rule that he could not watch a movie unless he would watch it with the rest of the family. And so instead of choosing like children's movies or something, he would just show them whatever he wanted. Oh, wow. (laughs) Which a lot of it was horror. So she ended up getting to see things like Nightmare on Elm Street when she was really young because of that. So she said to senseofcinema.com, Quote, my film background is so empty, and it doesn't help that I spent most of my adult years in a dance conservatory not watching film. I have no background on the classic films or any dramas or anything. But if you mention... Yeah. But if you mention April Fool's Day or the freaking Puppet Master, then I'm like, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is really interesting because I feel like that explains some things about the way that she just... Like, there is no tropes in this movie. Yes. Yeah. So Uh she talked about that a lot in interviews that she didn't go to film school and she didn't grow up or, you know, spend time watching the classics or studying film in any kind of way. So the way that she approaches filmmaking is pretty different, I think, than the way that people who attended film school or really studied that stuff do. Oh, that's interesting. So she started actually doing nails and hair so that she could afford to buy point shoes. And (laughs) while she was doing that, she ended up meeting her screenwriter husband, Christopher Larson, while she was working in a nail salon. And then she got a job doing hair and makeup for film productions that he was working on. Oh, cool. So in 2010, she ended up moving to Laos because her father had decided to move back there after retiring. And she and her husband followed and they've been there ever since. Where? Wait, where did she? For some reason, I thought she grew up in Laos. She didn't grow up there? No, she she grew up in L.A. 
Oh, interesting. Okay, okay. Yeah, so she's been there since 2010. And the way that she got into filmmaking is actually kind of strange. Basically, she and her husband crashed an industry party at Laos's <laughs> first film festival. <laughs> and she ended up Lost. meeting the president and vice president of Lao Art Media. And basically, they needed content and asked her to start directing. And her husband was wow. sort of her cheerleader. And he was like, yeah, you know, she's awesome. She can do this. And so she basically skipped cutting her teeth making short films or going to film school and just started making her first feature length film. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's wild. So the takeaway is move to Laos. Apparently. When they make films, they are dying for content. <laughs> Get over there. <laughs> so in 2013, she made her directorial debut with Chantilly. And it's about a sickly young woman who starts to see visions of her dead mother. And this marked the first Lao film made by a woman director. It was also the country's first ever horror film. Oh, and when it showed. What? At, yeah. <laughs> and when it showed at Fantastic Fest, it became the first Lao film to ever screen outside Southeast Asia. Wow. Yeah. They basically have a very small budding film industry there. And so. She's basically the first to do a lot of things. That's incredible. I know. So in 2016, she released her second feature-length film, a horror movie called Dearest Sister, about a village girl who travels to the capital of Laos to care for her rich cousin who has lost her sight and gained the ability to communicate with the dead. It was chosen to attend the Cannes Film Festival as part of the, and I'm going to probably say this wrong, La Fabrique des Cinemas du Monde program. And screened at Fantastic Fest, the London Film Festival, and Stiege's Film Festival in Spain, where it received a special jury mention. That's not, or should I say, Sacre Bleu. (laughs) 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 So it also, this film also made history as the country's first submission for an Oscar nomination for Best Foreign Language Film for the 2017 Academy Awards amazing yeah i know when i read all of this i was just so impressed that that's so exciting i know i know so she has really worked hard to build out laos's movie infrastructure she's worked with the country's minister of culture to create co-production treaties and find ways around laos's sort of strict censorship laws and Mm. she produced their first ever american and japanese co-productions Wow, that's so amazing. She went from not wanting to be a filmmaker to being one of the founding mothers of the film, of her country's film. I know. It's so impressive. It's so impressive. I mean, it's always impressive when someone gets a movie made. Mm -hmm. But this is like some next level stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That is amazing. (laughs) So after the success she found with Dear Sister, she released all of the raw material for the film to allow fans to make their own director's cut of the movie. What? Yeah, she wanted people to be able to work on it, too. That's so cool. Yeah. So if you are at all interested in seeing either of her first two films, she made Chantali free to watch on YouTube, and you can watch Dear Sister on Shudder. I am interested. (laughs) Good. (laughs) So her next film is the one we're talking about today, The Long Walk, which premiered in 2019 at Venice Days, which I guess is the independent film festival connected to the Venice Film Festival. And she also won Best Director at the 45th Boston Science Fiction Festival for it. 
and it premiered on VOD in the U.S. on March 1st of this year. So as for the making of this movie, apparently filming in Laos is challenging because (laughs) one, there's not the same film infrastructure and as many people working in the industry, but also because of the type of movie that she wanted to film, they were filming in a rural area outside of the capital. And that meant that they were essentially filming in the middle of a jungle, which meant heat and lots of bugs. (laughs) I mean, you can hear them. Yup. And they only had a crew of about 20 people and a pretty small budget too. So you just mentioned that you can hear the bugs. Oh, yeah. So the sound design was really important to her because she wanted the movie to sound like Laos. She wanted you to be really in that setting. Mm. That means she wanted you to be able to hear motorcycles, bugs, water gurgling, all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So she had a composer and someone who helped her with the soundscape work with her. And one major element that was included in that soundscape was completely accidental so apparently when they were filming they were filming in the jungle of course and they kept Mm -hmm. hearing this really weird high-pitched sound and Uh they thought that it was part of their electrical equipment doing something wrong right that something Uh was uh, having a mechanical failure of some kind but it turned out just to be a really loud insect (laughs) 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 but when she listened to it she loved it so much that she decided to use it as the sound of noise pollution in the future scenes in the movie oh see now i need to go back and watch that i have it for 24 hours so i'm gonna have to go listen for that Yeah, because if you if you listen, especially this is a minor, very, very minor spoiler, because I just mentioned that there are future scenes. in this, But there are a couple of scenes where a line is drawn and a person steps over it and the sound changes really drastically. And there you would be able to hear it probably pretty clearly. Oh, I'm going to go back and listen to that. Yeah, I'm interested. Yeah. So that worked out really well for her. But unfortunately, that meant they had to spend months removing that same sound from all of the scenes that weren't set in the future. Oh, bummer. Yeah. That's a bummer. One of the cool things about her filmmaking process is that her husband, like I said earlier, is actually a scriptwriter, and he mm-hmm. writes all of her scripts. Oh, awesome. So it means that they're able to really workshop her ideas easily and because they have that you know deep understanding and they communicate really well. And she said in this one interview that basically, you know, she doesn't have this, like we were saying, this film background and things to draw on. And so she just sort of comes up with things that she thinks are going to be unique and interesting. And even if they don't fit into a specific genre, she wants to do it. And because mm. her husband is the screenwriter, she can just say, write that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, that's a great team right there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So she admits that the first draft of this script was kind of a mess, though. She felt like it was missing the horror elements that she wanted and also the sort of emotional components, this through line mm. about grief that she thought it also needed. Mm-hmm. And so while they were working on this script... Her dog actually passed away. Oh, no. Yeah. And if we follow her on social media, we have been for a while, and uh-huh. she posts mostly photos of her pets. <laughs> I mean, that's a good follow. Yeah. <laughs> she has dogs. I want to hear about your film projects as well, but if you want to be leaning into the pets, <laughs> I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And her her uh, handle both on Twitter and Instagram is at Mango Sodium. So you can awesome. follow her and see all of her adorable pets and hear about her projects that she's working on. But anyways, one of her dogs had passed away. And then mm-hmm. that traumatic event reminded her also of her mother's death. 
And so Mm. these two experiences kind of wormed their way into the script because she was thinking about it so much. Yeah. So one of the ways that she was able to add that horror element that she thought was missing was with supernatural ghost stuff, right? Ghost stories are fairly universal. We see them from, you know, so many different countries that are making horror movies, but her movies all have supernatural elements, all three of them. And they, I haven't seen her other movies, but from what other reviewers have said, they all feel very centered in Laos culture. And she said that Laos is still very traditional in a lot of ways, that people still often believe in possession and haunting and rebirth and reincarnation. And that if she told somebody that she was being haunted there, they would believe her. Mm. And so it's sort of a more natural thing to add it into her movies and the ways that she has. That makes sense because there's kind of a plot beat that would not happen here. But knowing that kind of culture where that you know it's specifically like one of the earliest things that happens when they're talking to the main guy the old man yeah mm-hmm. um, that's that's interesting context yeah yeah absolutely while working on this film she also found herself feeling pretty frustrated around the expectations that people had about the type of film someone in laos should be making mm. so she said in an interview with slashfilm.com Quote, when you make a film from one of these developing countries that no one has ever heard of, and when you're the first woman who's ever done it, there's an expectation of what the film should be, and that expectation is it should be poor people groveling and suffering, long-suffering, it should be poverty porn. Oh, no. Yeah, so she was getting a lot of that, and her response to that expectation was a big middle finger. So, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to read Why am I not surprised? (laughs) So I'm going to read this next quote from her from that same interview. And it's a little long, but it's one of my favorite things I've ever heard one of these directors say. So just Amazing. I'm, I'm buckling in. Let me pop my popcorn. All right. So she said, quote, when people told me that my first two films were not authentic, like white people telling me my fucking Laos film wasn't authentic because they've been here, right? I was like, well, fuck you. What's authentic? Well, authentic to them was a dirt road, a hut and a poor man suffering. So I was like. Yeah, fine. I'll give that to you. I'll give you your rural Laos village. I'll give you your dirt road. I'll give you the dude with flip flops and maybe the missing teeth. And it's going to be a time travel film, sci fi motherfuckers. And it's going to be a serial killer (laughs) film. And it's going to have ghosts. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I love her. Yeah, she is amazing. All the interviews I watched and read were really great. All right. So. As for what she is doing next, she says that she is currently working on three films. And while she hasn't been specific about two of them, one of them, she says, is a love story. Mm. But I think it might still be something up our alley because it is going to be about two women who are living in different countries but are connected through quantum entanglement. Oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the bulk of the movie is about what happens when they get ripped apart. And apparently, she says, it gets really dark. So Ooh. I'm excited about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll have watch. to keep an eye on it. Uh huh. Uh-huh. What's did she say the name of it or just no? Okay. All right. No. All right. So it's nice to be able to keep an eye. Out I know the name. I know. But that's exciting. Well, whatever yeah. she does next, I'm gonna be very curious to see it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. Cool. Very cool. Thank you for that, Ariel. I yeah, just love getting this context. This is always my favorite part when I get to just sit back and learn from you is always my favorite. Oh, good. Yeah. I just find the research part of it so interesting getting to read all of this stuff because you're right that it does offer a lot of context to like what people were thinking about the movie. Like mm-hmm. when we did Master too, you really felt that where it was 
easier to sort of understand where she was coming from once we yeah. knew her perspective more. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, what do, what do I get into this? Uh, what we think about this movie? Yeah. All right. Do you want me to go first? Or yeah, like, go for okay. it. All right. So no spoilers. Don't worry if you're still here. You don't have to run yet. So first off, I'll just make it clear. I really like this movie a lot. Oh, I know good. that I'm very cranky about <laughs> runtimes and I'm very cranky about subtitles sometimes. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I will watch them and I will be fine, but I will complain first. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thankfully, this was worth my time investment oh, and then some. I thought it was so original. Yeah. And like you said, it's this strange mashup of genres. It's the ghost story, near tech dystopia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Were you like, oh, no. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I was already like, oh, no, I picked something long. And with subtitles, Rachel's going to hate that. And then when I saw that, I was like, fuck it. Did I pick something I'm going to hate, too? <laughs> oh, I sit on my own petard. <laughs> but no, 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 no. Thankfully, it was just one of the many elements mm-hmm. that came into this. It was wasn't necessarily like tech dystopia forward and then it also is kind of like elevated horror and crime drama it is so many different things and somehow i don't know how but it all kind of the alchemy of that really kind of came together for me in a way that i thought it really worked and i think part of it is the central performance is really really compelling i'm going to say this wrong and i apologize but yana wuthi chanlo lungsi Oh, that's really bad. I apologize. It's fantastic in this. And I should know his name because he's incredible. And I'm guessing is going to be doing more. I think he was in at least one more of her films. Mm -hmm. And I hope to see more of him because he brings so much pathos to this. Yes. He makes you root for him and also feel complicated feelings about him as the film goes on. He's just really, really great. I will say. Though this is definitely a movie that requires some patience, which I am often short on, but I was okay. (laughs) This is definitely in the art house vein. You know, it takes its time really weaving together all of these different story elements. And it doesn't really reveal what it is until, I don't know, like an hour into the runtime to our runtime. So I would say if you are like me and have some patience issues, some concentration issues. You need to be in the right headspace to sit down and really focus on this because the patience that you give it will be rewarded because it re- that final act really goes for oh, it. Oh, man. Yeah. Really goes for it. Uh, it's shocking and, you know, it does a good job of making you question everything you've seen before and it pulls together all these disparate elements that you're kind of like kind of trying to hold on to and not really knowing what matters. Turns out it all does. So yeah, in summation, definitely would suggest watching this. I rented it for three bucks on Prime and it was worth every penny. I would, you know, if if you can't get your hands on this, I don't think it's on any streaming services right now. You have to go VOD. I would definitely say go for it. Definitely. How about you? What do you think? Yeah, I totally agree with everything you just said. I think this movie is beautiful. It is so well made. There's so much beauty to the way that she shot this film, the way that she portrays her characters. It's just lovely. <laughs> it's yeah. Dark, too, Ooh, you know? Yeah. Really dark. And I always love watching horror movies from other cultural perspectives because I always think that that tends to be really interesting, you know, to see what mm-hmm. other cultures are going to do with horror elements. I just found it fascinating and 
like you were saying, the acting is amazing. There is a young boy in this too, who is surprisingly good. And he's in a lot of the movies. Yes. So it would be really sad if he was one of those precocious little kids that drives us crazy. Yeah. I also think that there is a lot of subtle world building that happens in this movie. Yes to kind of let you know where you're at and what's happening without shoving it in your face, especially the more sci-fi elements of it. Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, you get, like you were saying, sci-fi stuff and you get thriller elements, crime stuff. And then it's also this really in-depth, profound exploration of grief and heartache. Yeah. Uh -huh. You know, if, like watching a loved one go through something and suffer. It's just... <sighs> <laughs> it's heartbreaking, but it's done with such sort of intelligence, and it's just so emotionally resonant. I thought I was going to like this movie going into it, just from the little bit that I had read about it, but yeah. it is so good. Yeah. I mean, Agreed. I think this is one of my favorite movies I've seen all year. Mm. I really liked it that much. And I know that you're saying it takes a little bit of patience, and I think for me that was true a little bit at the beginning, but I was hooked. The yeah. second I sort of emotionally got involved in the script at all, uh -huh. I was hooked for the rest of the runtime. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I was into it too. I'm just trying to like, I, we yeah, know there's some people absolutely. in the audience that, <laughs> you know, are on my side of the fence when it comes to that kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I have want, an I want them time to sitting through longer, slower movies than maybe your average viewer. Um, <laughs> but this one, like you were saying, is absolutely worth your time. There's so much here and it's so different and unique. And that is hard to say. And, you know, because, yeah. A lot of stuff just gets rehashed and rehashed, and this is different. What's interesting about it is it's not trope-defying. It's, like, no. trope-avoiding. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I do think that that may have something to do with the fact that she just isn't a film person, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think it is clear you should watch this. But in order to really get into this, it's we got to go to spoiler time. Oh, yeah. We got to go. <laughs> we got to do it. There's a it's whole funny. aspect of this movie that mm -hmm. we have not said those two words. And you know what those two words are. And I need to say them. So let's get into <laughs> it. We are entering the spoiler zones. This is your warning. If you have not seen this yet, there are twists and turns. If you are spoiler adverse, you'll be bummed if you keep going because it's good. You've had time. If you're still here, that's on get you. Let's out. get into it. <laughs> <laughs> kidding, kidding. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to start with the synopsis because that's the next thing on the document. And I am good at this. I remembered. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm also defying tropes today. I'm remembering to do things in order. <laughs> All right. So this this is a hard one to synopsize. Uh, yeah. I, have to I actually was wondering as I was watching. I was like, I wonder how Rachel's is going to handle this. I'm going to keep it super <laughs> super okay, light that's fair. Uh, i'm not going to get into all of the various subplots yeah um this is going to be very much an overview and and, and also at, well you'll see all right <laughs> so an old man who is just known as the old man lives sort of on the fringe of a city although it's a city that appears to have been through some shit yeah. it is looking rough sometime in the near future when he was a child he found a young woman dying off to the side of the road and he stayed with her until she died and that leads her to come back and as a ghost and they sort of form a bond and a relationship where they walk together down this road uh for upwards of 50 years hence the title the long walk so at some point 
she shows him that not only can she just be like his you know lady casper she also <laughs> has time traveling abilities she can draw a line in the sand and if he crosses it it'll take him back to his childhood where he can actually interact with his his mother and his his self as and his horrible father as a child and when he was a child, his mother was, as you said, slowly dying of some respiratory illness. I'm guessing cancer or tuberculosis. They don't Something ever like really that. say. Yeah. But he watched her suffer up until the point where she finally died. And so he decides, as a kindness, he's going to help her, like, you know, euthanasia situation. But that has some unintended consequences. Oh, yeah. Yeah, everything he does in the past, you know, very Back to the Future style, has impacts on the present. And some of them are shocking and gruesome. He doesn't just alter events, but he alters himself as a person. And we discover that uh, he kind of accidentally turns himself into a serial killer. <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> Did not see that one coming. <laughs> but it's very interesting. And yeah, so as a result, he has to take some pretty drastic measures to change the past back again. Yeah. That's what I got. How was that for a synopsis? Yeah, that was really good. Okay. It was <laughs> tricky. It was, I mean, I, yeah, it was tricky. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's so complex that it could easily be convoluted. But I actually right. think the plot is one of the best things about this movie. Oh, it's yeah. It's so I surprising. Totally mm -hmm. And it does manage to kind of pull all of these elements together for the most part in the end, which is impressive. It is really impressive because, yeah, so many different things are happening kind of at the same time. So mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's very impressive that they were able to make that all happen. And the conclusion is, I thought, really satisfying, yeah. both from like a plot perspective and also emotionally satisfying. Right. It's really, really grim and also weirdly helpful. Yes. Yes, exactly. Which is a hard line or uh -huh. like <laughs> needle the thread, but somehow it worked. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I went first on this on the non-spoiler. So you go. Tell me about what you think about this movie. Okay. Okay. I will. But feel free to like interrupt with your own stuff too. I love that you think you have to ask me to interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> I have to stop myself all the time. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. <laughs> like last night, uh, Matilda and I recorded with Bloody Good Horror. And uh -huh. <laughs> And we both set, tried to say something at the same time and basically interrupted each other. And then we both, she was like, no, you go. And I was like, no, you go. And then we both just sat there looking at each other for like 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> that must have been in the spoiler section. I saw most of it live, mm -hmm. but I haven't watched the movie yet. So I had to dip out for like 20-ish minutes, but I'm dying <laughs> to go back. I saw everything up until the spoilers. And then I went back and watched the post, uh, post show and you guys were great. Oh, the thank great, you. Perfect so opportunity to plug it. You guys seriously if you're not already listening to bloody good horror you should be it's a great show all the time and we do occasionally get to pop in there and last night you and matilda reviewed the curse and it was such a fun episode oh thank you i'm so glad you guys are i always love listening to you guys talk as it is obviously that's why you're my friends <laughs> but you also did a really good job on the podcast <laughs> oh that's awesome well i hope it turns out well yeah okay so as for this movie though like you were saying before it explores so many genres and that, I think, is one of the most fascinating things about it because somehow it all works together with the elevated art house kind of a deal and yeah. serial killer thriller, sci-fi, time travel, <laughs> supernatural right. ghosts. 
mm-hmm. but it all works together in this symbiotic way to make it just sort of a richer experience but I also think that one of the things she does that's so good is that it does not get bogged down in the mechanics of how the time travel works or even sort of how exactly the ghost stuff works and so instead I think you get a more rich emotional story because you're not Mm. focusing on those elements of it right it's just so smartly made. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting how she sees things then. There yes. is the the thing on his arm, the hologram on right. his arm. And you're like, okay, so this is not current day. Mm-hmm. But and then we'll also see those sonic boom jets going right. by. Right, exactly. And then the city in the distance you can see has been through some sort of dystopia. Because if you look at it carefully, there's destruction there. Yep. But they never comment on it. It's just background that informs the world that you're in. Right, but exactly. it's also not the most important thing. No, it's not the most important thing at all. Uh, it's the, just flavor. Yeah, exactly. It just sort of colors the world that you're living in. And I think mm-hmm. because of that, this movie is very immersive. That soundscape and everything, I do yeah. think that all of those, you know, jungly sounds do help really place you where you're supposed to be there. And then the me- the mechanical sounds and also just like you were saying, all of the different technological things you're seeing and the lack of them in the past yeah. too really just right. helps to – yeah, I give you that immersive experience with it where you just feel like you disappear into the film. Do you think it's meant to tell you that this long walk is a lot longer than 50 years? Yeah, I was wondering about that too. Because at one point in the beginning, the guy that he's selling stuff to makes a comment about his technology being like a thousand years old. Yeah. And that could just be hyperbole, right? Right. You know, you're right. poor and you've got older technology that was I mean, maybe that's how even... I took it. Right. Until later right it's very hard to know because one of the things that made me think originally that the past part of it when he's a kid is set more in our time is just the solar panel thing yeah but it's not like we won't you know necessarily have those in the future either so i don't know it's uh, that's hard to say and i don't think i heard her talk about that part of it in any of the interviews that i watched so yeah, well, I'm not sure. When her next movie comes out, we interview her. Oh my god, we about have it. To her. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, seeding all of that stuff in just really makes this a rich world. And then I also love how kind of there's this slow progression of how things happen, and the story just kind of unfurls organically. So you know. You sort of pick things up as you're going along, I guess is what I'm trying to say, and sort of Uh start to put the pieces of the picture together so that you get the full sort of idea of what's happening, like realizing that he's been killing women, right? Even before Mm -hmm. he makes this change to his past that then changes him into a serial killer later, he has been essentially angel of deathing all of these women in this village. And then later you sort of, you don't even know why he's doing it at the time. And then you kind of figure that out later and discovering where he's burying them and what the significance of that is. Yeah. Even figuring out sort of how his mom died and what happened there and how that changed him as a person. It's just all of these reveals of sort of deeper meanings to things, you know, even the, the way that the time change starts to happen where it's affecting things within his home. Yes. Well, I mean, his home, the the things breaking in his home yes. 
are reflections of kind of where he is internally as well as, as that's coming apart, even though it's not impacting him as he is in his present version outwardly. Every time he goes back there and changes something, he's breaking himself further. There's already, we discover like this, he's so, he has this trauma, the childhood trauma of watching his mother die. And so there, even though there is this darkness in him, it's expressed in a way that is rounded in empathy. Whereas when he fully breaks himself, he becomes a true predator. Right. Where he loses because that. Yeah. That girl was perfectly safe with him because she did not fit the type of like she didn't was not someone in need of his kind of saving. Right. She wasn't suffering that Whereas way. Whereas she becomes not only a victim, he mutilates her and sexually assaults her. I mean, yes. thankfully not on screen. And you can see all of that reflected in his surroundings in that place. Yeah. And yeah, so how when, things start to come apart. Mm-hmm. When he finally fixes things, he has to burn it down. Yeah. Yeah. There's no coming back from that. It has to be it has to be leveled. And yeah. I, internally as well. That's why far. he also at the same he time He has to level himself in the end. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. He and has to destroy everything. Mm-hmm. It's so ugh. It's, it's brutal, but it's so, so good. good. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's just it. I mean, I love how his actions that he takes in the past start, you know, affecting things, both for him in his present state and also him as a child, too. Yeah. I mean, it's just so, oh, God, it's so heartbreaking. When he finally, when he goes back and, first of all, tells him what to do with the money, right? And he thinks that's going to help the situation. But ultimately, it leads to his father abusing his mother and then running off and making the situation even worse than it was prior, right? And then when he finally goes back into the past and ultimately helps, you know, his younger self kill his mother, like you were saying, you know, sort of euthanizing her and it just destroys him. And mm-hmm. part of it is because he doesn't think about what's going to happen to that little boy the second his mother dies. Right. Like, I don't right. think he thought that she he was going to stay in that place and live with his mother's body for what looked like months. Right. And yeah. how traumatized that would make a little, what, 10 year old boy, how that would change you deeply as a person and then all of the things that happen once they find the mother's body and try to take him to other places to get him help and his dad is you know nowhere to be seen i mean it makes so much sense why that would make him a completely different person where on the one hand you know before he did all of that he's killing these women and that is tragic because we don't even really understand whether this is something he's doing as like a service or he's just deciding that these women are suffering enough that he has to kill them right i mean i think you kind of go on a journey with it right yeah like i think mm-hmm. initially you feel like oh this person she had dementia and maybe yeah. he was helping her but then as you go forward you're like mm, yeah maybe he's making these decisions unilaterally out of a place of thinking he's helping people yes yeah Exactly. Exactly. Because you know what he's capable of. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And then what he does ultimately, you know, turning into a full blown serial killer who abducts women, who rapes them, it seems like for quite a long period of time, too, and then ultimately kills them. It's so dark. And one of the things I really liked about the way they showed just how dark that is, is when he goes back to the site where he buries the bodies, where when he had gone back there before, all of the ghosts were pretty peaceful. Yeah. But when he goes back after he's turned into a serial killer, they're angry. 
Yep. You know? Yep. yep. Oh, it's so yep. good. Like grabbing him and stuff. <laughs> yeah. 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 Instead of sharing oranges. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You touched on this a little bit, but mm-hmm. I, I love the folklore aspect of yeah. this. I think that's one of the strengths of this movie and one of the ways that it feels really fresh is that it it definitely is based in folklore that we're less familiar with. Right. Uh, and I really appreciate that about this movie. The other thing I think is great about that we, that we haven't touched on is the sort of uh, amongst all the millions of other things that this movie does, it also has some great comment, social commentary mixed in mm-hmm. specifically around the exploitative Americans. I was like, yes, hey, Americans. And I was like, Oh, oh no, Americans. I know. I know because it's like, <laughs> they're giving them solar panels they're this nonprofit who thinks they're doing this like good job for right. these people in this rural country, yep. but they're giving them absolutely nothing. These people do not have electricity, right? They're right. not using electricity. They do not need solar panels. What they need is farm equipment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. I think there's a line in it where he's like, we'll have enough light to see each other starve to death. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. That's, so that's yeah. really great social commentary, but yes. what's even better about it is it ties in thematically to the film itself in the way that Americans are coming in and doing this thing that they think is good. You know, like they think, oh, we're going to give these people, you know, electricity, but they don't understand the ramifications of what they're doing. Yeah. And that those things, you know, can either have no good or worse, be actually negative consequences. Right. Be harmful in the way that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing that the old man is doing, going back and doing yep. these things that he thinks are good, but he doesn't understand the repercussions can be so damaging. Yeah. And yeah, so, that he devastates his present by, like, monkeying with the past. Yeah, it's even just, he... like, layers of, yeah. of, it's really smart writing and filmmaking, mm-hmm. I think. I yeah. totally agree. Can we talk about the ending part of it? Yo, is it okay I, if we, we skip to We that? must. We must. <laughs> Listen, it's a dark ending when he realizes that he has fucked up so badly. Oh, yeah. That he has to burn everything to the ground. And watching him wake up and have to unbury his own little child skull Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. so so grim. Heartbreaking. It's so grim and so heartbreaking (sighs) because he's just gone too far, right? It's irreversible at that point. I mean, that child is so freaking cute, too. I when know. When he's screaming in the house, you're like, uh, on one hand, you're like, it has to be burned down. Yeah. But on the other yeah. hand, he's such a little sweet baby face. I know. It's really hard to hear. I know. Oh. But yeah, that and then also the the final scene in the graveyard is yes. pretty great where we find the ghost has been silent for presumably mm-hmm. 50 years and she finally speaks up. And it's kind of that last sort of emotional beat of like. I loved you because you were there for me in the end, but you could have set me free and you didn't. And you see that there's a level of selfishness to this Right, all of his actions, really. Right. It just speaks again to this sort of like the there's a seed of something in him that we get to see grow in different conditions because of the the time stuff. But even at the kernel of this person that we Mm -hmm. largely like, even though it's, you know, Maybe a great eye, but I yeah, yeah. found myself still liking him and rooting for him in the end. But there is at its his core just this seed of selfishness. Yeah, exactly. Because right, not letting her move on to the afterlife, sort of holding on to her, is a selfish act in and of itself. But also the way that he basically 
both selfishly and kind of ritualistically is killing these women in an effort to almost relive what he wasn't able to do with his mom the first time around, right? He wasn't mm -hmm. able to relieve her suffering when he was a child, but he can do it now as an adult. But Lena, um, the ghost woman, you know, points out that that was more for him than it was for them, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that... I mean he didn't cremate any of these people. No. He kept them in the graveyard. Yeah, he kept them there so that he could almost have these these memories and these, like, friends in this graveyard, really. It's just, it's so sad <laughs> and so moving. I didn't see a lot of it coming, you know? And that yeah. is really interesting to me. All the places that this went. I mean, the relationship that he had with that young woman, too. You know, yeah. the daughter of the woman that he killed. Mm -hmm. That was really interesting, too. And right. and that's what's so complex about it is because it seems like those that kind of make you love him, too. Right. And and like you were saying, root for him, even though, you know, even at his best version of himself isn't great. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, it's a product of really intense trauma. Oh, 100 percent. Yes. Which is, you know, I don't know. That's also really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, his relationship with her so that when it flips, it's so devastating because I do think there's some a real true sweetness to that relationship. Yeah. Like you said, it's a conservative country. So when he spots that she's queer, he could have been weird about it, but he wasn't. I know. He gave them the house and went I outside know. to sleep. <laughs> and then so later nice. when she's trying to like lure him, he's like, you have a girlfriend. And right, so like, right. You don't want to fuck an old man. <laughs> I was like, correct. <laughs> but that's what I mean. There is complexity to him. I mean, I, it's not like we've never seen the trope of like a, yeah, of know, course. a serial killer with a heart of gold. There's a whole show. It's called Dexter and there's four great seasons of it. But <laughs> I still felt like this was kind of fresh. You know, I don't know that I've seen it presented this way. No, I definitely um, haven't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. This this movie really surprised me. I had heard good things, mm -hmm. but you know, sometimes you're even if a movie's good, you're not in the mood for it, or it just doesn't work for you, or you can admire the filmmaking, yeah. but not necessarily have a very good time. I had a really good time with this. I was I really too. surprised by this. I was very surprised by this because, you know, I had picked it because I had heard that it was a really good movie and I had been interested in her as a filmmaker. And so I was like, we need to do this movie. But then when I read a synopsis that it was like just even one sentence and it said something about it being about grief, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, yeah, what I did mean, I get myself into here? When we started watching this, I was like, what is it? <laughs> 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 this was not the moment for this movie, but it was so good. I guess it just carried you through. Yeah. I mean, I have things going on in my personal life. I think we both do where mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. you feel some connection to things some that are stuff happening hit a in little differently yes yes, yes. <laughs> but and I'll, and a lot of times that'll make me be like oh i don't want to watch this you yeah. know yeah. but i was so compelled by what was happening and how you know interesting these characters were that it i didn't feel damaged by it do you know what i mean like yeah. do you remember that movie relic oh that we watched a couple years ago or a year ago or Oof. something 
So that movie is so good and it's so, so beautiful. Excellent, but it's so excellent. But that movie devastated me. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. again, because I had a personal connection to it, but that movie devastated me. This, mm-hmm. I feel like for some reason, and I don't know if it's because of all the different genres happening inside of it or just the way the emotional beats were happening, didn't do the same thing to me, even though there are some scenes that are truly heartbreaking. Yeah. I think being a horror fan the way that we are yeah. is both incredibly rewarding and incredibly punishing. Yeah, that's true. And it was nice to get the same kind of emotional poignancy without having to suffer for it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, there's something to that. I hadn't really unpacked it till we started talking about it now, but some of that I think I think we got we got all of the we got all of the good stuff mm-hmm. without any of the vitamins. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. we had a spoonful of sugar that turned out to just be vitamin C. <laughs> 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 all right. Was there anything about the movie that maybe didn't work for you? I will say that the first about ten to fifteen minutes of this movie, I was a little bit confused about what was happening. Yeah. It took me a few minutes to sort of get where the movie was going and, and sort of where we were placed in time and, you know, everything. But it didn't take that long to, you know, jump into it. I would just say that that would maybe be a little bit off-putting to somebody who maybe isn't totally sold on it by our description already. <laughs> if you start <laughs> it and you're like, wait, what's happening here? Yeah. But it, it for me, it picked up really quickly. So Good. Yeah. I think for me, this is not an actual critique. It's mm-hmm. just me with my misophonia. I had a hard time with the coughing. Okay. That's fair. I mean, that is not a criticism. That is not a failure on the filmmaker's part. It's a personal preference. But if somebody else has my same misophonia, you know, there's, there's a, a lot, lot of coughing. coughing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of coughing. And you know where it's heading. So the coughing is it's rough. A harbinger. Rough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Harbinger coughs. <laughs> <laughs> But that, like I said, that's not a criticism of the film. That is a data point for people who are broken in the same way that I'm broken. No, I I get what you're saying. I mean, honestly, at least at this time, the person actually had something wrong with their lungs. Because a lot of times in movies, somebody's dying of something that has no connection to their lungs. And yet coughing is the way that we show that they're sick for some reason. the black lung cough. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But honestly, that's really my only criticism. I would and I would agree with you that it does ask you to buy in and have some patience with it in, in the opening act. Because it's a, it's a long film. And so there is a stretch at the beginning that is definitely place setting that feels a little disconnected, but those pieces will come together. Yeah, they will. And it'll all make sense. And it doesn't take that long for that to start happening. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you have to wait, you know. I would say like long. as soon as he has the conversation with the cops, you're good. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because then you're like, wait, mm-hmm. what is this movie? Right. <laughs> right. Huh? <laughs> what am I seeing? Yeah. Uh, And then the curiosity will pull you through. Right. Okay. I did have one question, though. This isn't a con, but okay. So you know how there's the whole thing with the wrist or the forearm, I should say? Yes. Was he cutting the tracking devices out of the women's arms he was killing so people wouldn't be able to find them in the field? Yes. Because they said, the cops said that that show up and they're like, we know she's dead. We found out the way we always find out, which is we found the tracking device. Right. Okay. That's what I thought. I just wanted to. Yeah, because otherwise they would just track 25 bodies to the same (laughs) murder field. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's just there's that one scene where it seems like the final woman that he kills cut it open on a nail in his room. Yeah. So then I I was like, maybe he he might have, it might have been a situation where she was cutting the stitches out. Oh, that's what it is. 
trying to that's what it is that's 100 percent what it is thank Mm -hmm. you that was what was hanging me up but you're right Mm -hmm. but see it's great because it's a misdirect because you see it and you're like oh this woman did this to herself it's a misdirect but then it comes back around because that other woman does the same thing remember yep where she rips her own stitches out to trick him oh Mm -hmm. it's so good (laughs) so yes maddie doe is one to watch we're gonna see all of her movies yeah i I, I need to go back and watch her other movies yeah that's my takeaway from this Mm -hmm. all right any other final thoughts no i think that's it awesome okay final recommendations i say absolutely watch yes go watch this movie now all right cool (laughs) we don't have any listener mail this time but if somebody wanted to get in touch you can always do so by dropping us an email at rachel at zombiegirls.com that's g-r-r-l-z.com or you can come chat with us over on zombie girls facebook page or even better yet you should definitely be following us on instagram and twitter at zg podcast that's podcast plural we are a great follow because ariel uh has listen ariel has a gift for social media oh my gosh (laughs) it's a conversation we had the other day and i can assure you since she has become our social media vanguard it has become (laughs) like if i was not already a member of zg nation i would be following because like the ha-has they come (laughs) they are great uh there's also lots of good information in there we're getting ready pride month is coming up for a minute i forgot that may existed and i was like oh my god pride is in like five days (laughs) i was freaking out we would have been screwed we would have been screwed (laughs) but we're gonna we have some really fun plans we're putting together for then so you should definitely be following us on twitter and instagram again at at zg podcast plural if you're looking for something spooky to watch tonight you can do the thing now this is where i take control i'm the vanguard on this one i keep (laughs) i am the master of the calendar yes you should check out our streaming and vod calendar at zombiegirls.com where we keep track of all the spooky doings that are happening on all the various streaming services new ones are popping up all the time there's new ones like terror channel i'm like oh god yeah there's stuff all the time but really this calendar is great because you get to see all of them and then if you follow us on social media every friday rachel posts her top picks each week of what you should be watching that weekend so i do and there's some winners Mm -hmm. coming up sure so you here's the thing is if you were already following us on there you'd know that the long walk was one of my recommendations back in the day yep so you would have already done seen it and you wouldn't have had to pause and come back just saying but yeah so so definitely check out our video on demand and streaming calendar if you are uh needing to maybe zhuzh your look maybe you want to expand your sweet sweet tea collection you should check out our merch at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch and of course as always we're going to ask that you support us in one of two different ways one of them is free zero dollars go on to the apple podcast app and review us and rate us on there let the world know we exist it really is actually super helpful for the podcast not only does it stroke our very fragile egos <laughs> stroke it stroke it, it okay also... <laughs> what's happening here <laughs> listen don't king shame me <laughs> but okay so aside from all the stroking it will also <laughs> let help people find us it's just really good for us in lots of different ways it seems like a little thing but it's actually super a big deal for us so that yep. would be awesome or if you have some ducats that you're like what am i gonna do with all these extra ducats you can support us on patreon at patreon.com forward slash zombie girls and get all of the rad perks that come with that in addition to being an official member of zg nation 
Yes. You also can join our Discord, which is dope. We have a lot of fun on mm-hmm. there. We goof around on there every day. Lots of pictures, lots of funny stuff that maybe is not quite appropriate for the Instagrams. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> AKA Sarah's controversy. <laughs> she keeps it spicy. And you know what? I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to be on the Discord to see them all. You also get extended episodes on every pretty much every show across the, the network um, and we have a lot of fun there so you'll want to hear that and we also have our big live show coming up in june that we're putting together right now we've got the pride month going but we've also got our midsummer special that i'm really excited about you'll be able to watch along live as a patron you can listen to it whenever but you also have the option of hanging out with us live and interacting while recording yeah so you could so be like fun. rachel you can help me out (laughs) it's probably more likely rachel you're drunk (laughs) yeah (laughs) but it's okay because because drunk rachel is amazing (laughs) oh my god also you get to see i mean you need to come live because you never know what justin's gonna do uh yeah (laughs) the takeaway that i have learned from the last two live shows it's so funny because in the lead up to the last one he was like i think i'm gonna wear a suit you thought he meant like a business suit? I thought he meant oh a business God. suit. I was like, oh, that's cute because it was our women in hormones. We were doing like an ally thing. And I was like, he's, you know, he's going to come fancy. Yeah. I, I thought maybe he'd wear like a tux t-shirt or something. Because <laughs> it's Justin. Maybe it was a little funny joke on it. Or or just a suit and be like making suit jokes. Oh, no. Oh, he showed up no. in a full green screen morph suit and did <laughs> a dance that I can only say was the reason that dance was invented. That's it not was... hyperbole. So funny and joyful. And- <laughs> you think it's river dance? You think it's uh, interpretive dance? No, 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 no. It was so that Justin, one day in the year of our Lord, twenty twenty one, could don a sport <laughs> suit and do the Canadian Shuffle. It was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> and who knows what's going to happen on the next one? I don't even know. So yeah. you should become a patron and come check it out. Though we'll talk more about that as we get closer to it because we're still working out all the deets mm-hmm. i just know it's gonna be wild and i at some point i'm gonna be like i'm drunk because <laughs> i will be drunk <laughs> all right so that's enough of the plugs next episode now this is interesting i'm gonna normally this would be a me pick but yeah. not this time Aaron, not this time what's going on so next rachel is taking a much much needed break for a couple of weeks and i shall we are going less <laughs> and so we are going to have matilda come on and co-host with me yeah you guys will remember her because she's been on a couple of past episodes including the time she filled in for me when i went off to do something fun yeah yeah so matilda picked a cool movie we're going to be watching for next time it is called shapeless Mm. it came out earlier this year Mm -hmm. and it is directed by samantha aldana it is about a struggling singer in New Orleans who is trapped in the grips of her eating disorder and must face her addiction or risk becoming a monster. Ooh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it sounds really interesting. And I think this will be a really good one to have Matilda, the therapist, come and chat with yes. us about. Yeah. Yes. Yep, 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 yep. It's going to be an amazing show. I personally am excited to be in the audience for that one. Oh, good. Yeah, because like you guys have a great... I'm worried I'm going to come back and you'll be like, yeah, so we voted. <laughs> oh my god no 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 we and the audience voted we want more <laughs> matilda and rachel can be the fill-in <laughs> and i would be like that is correct you're amazing <laughs> second of all yes thank you i, I accept compliments <laughs> second of all 
I that means I would have to be the host host, Rachel. I'd have to say all the stuff that you say. You do that so well. I don't know if I can fill those shoes. I think you're about to find out (laughs) just how challenging it is. (laughs) And by challenging, I mean it's not. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You're gonna you're gonna crush it. It's gonna be such a great show. I cannot wait to hear it. Oh good. All right. Well, that's it for us for this episode. Unless you're sticking around for the extended episode, we're going to wrap it up. So Ariel, why don't you take us out? All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the More Deadly Podcast. I hope you enjoyed our review of The Long Walk. And of course, come back here next time for our review of Shapeless. You can find that one on Amazon or any other VOD platform. Yeah, that's it for us, I guess. Night, folks. Bye, everybody. Thanks to everyone for listening, and thanks to my co-host Ariel, who's always willing to come on here and geek out about horror with me. And finally, thanks to the women who make the horror films we love so much. Production of this episode was done by yours truly, editing was done by Ariel Missman Rucker, and our theme song, More Deadly, was by Elizabeth Kyle and Eric Newell. Oh, man. I just had a phone appointment with my doctor uh, this morning who was like, so you need to go in and get like blood work done and a pap smear because it's been a while because I was supposed to get it. I was due for both of those things at the start of the pandemic. And of course, at the start of the pandemic, I was like, I'm not leaving the fucking house. Like, screw that. Right. Of course. Uh, Especially canceled all the appointments anyways. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm (laughs) I'm not going to go get COVID because I got a pap smear. Right. Exactly. (laughs) But now it's like. I'm two years overdue and I got it. Yeah, you're going to get shamed like I did by the the boob smasher lady. Right. Yeah, when are you supposed to start doing that, by the way? 40. 40? Okay. I got a tiny bit more time. It's not that bad. Yeah. Especially because you got boobs. It's not that bad. Okay. It's more just like uncomfortable and like a little weird to have somebody handling your boobs like <laughs> all right but like if that does, i i'm weird about strangers touching me like i don't yeah. care if my friends touch me whatever i don't have boundaries on that but like strangers like don't like touching me that's fair so especially not my boobs yeah so that part of it but in terms of like the pain i was so braced for it to hurt mm-hmm. well it did not hurt okay awesome it pinched a little bit when they did yeah. the, like when they do the I'm okay up and pain, down but, it's yeah. fine the right to left is a little more uncomfortable gotcha. But even then, it's like it hurts. Like, I think getting your um, blood pressure taken hurts way more. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, that's awesome. So if you can handle blood pressure, you're Yeah, no problem. I think it sucks for, like, little titties. but Oh, because you really got to squish them. Yeah. You can slam some meat on there. You'll be good. Okay. (laughs) Good to know. (laughs) Listen, I'm glad. I wish someone had told me because I was bracing for it to be horrible. Really bad. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just pat. This is uh, this is going across the big boob um, uh, grapevine. (laughs) Okay. Is any of this going in the extended? I don't know. (laughs) We're recording. We're technically recording. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Slam some meat on there. (laughs) Be in the extended. Maybe maybe at the maybe I'll drop it at the end and not have it be the first like part. Right, the teaser part. You'll be fine, I promise. And then they come like via email. <clears throat> yeah, it's great. Like antisocial mm-hmm. lists will rule this planet. We shall inherit the earth. <laughs> All right. And for people like me who will avoid healthcare if they have to go in person, <laughs> being able to email and send photos is 
amazing. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, they can't smoosh your, smoosh your boobs yet virtually. You got to go in person <laughs> one day. for that one. One day. Exactly. That the dream will be realized of the <laughs> in-home boob smash Tronic 5000. <laughs> <laughs> enough boob smash let's get into this extended episode <laughs> okay i'm getting punchy now <laughs> hello everyone welcome to the extended episode <laughs> i'm resisting the urge to say all of the things i just want to say i want to point out my personal growth my next personal growth will be to not have to point out when i have personal growth <laughs> but i've only i've only grown so far okay all right <laughs> <laughs> Ariel, how are you? I'm doing okay. Yeah, yeah. Are you having a good time? Are you excited to see what I'm about to bust out for this extended episode? Yes. What is it? What do you got to be going disappointed? On? I have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, Perfect. I try to prepare something, but you know, this has been a week, and so I figured it has been one of the best things about our show is. Like, obviously, it's the inf- information and, like, the research and the effort that we put into it. But the other aspect is just, like, our friendship vibes, right? Yeah. So today, people are getting friendship vibes. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, I have – this is my very high effort attempt here. I okay. pulled up the front page of Bloody Disgusting. And I figured oh, we could okay. maybe – if there's – I'm looking to see if there are any stories of interest that I can get your take on. And there's one that stands out right away. Oh, okay. It's something we have definitely talked about on the show before. But I'm just going to read you the headline, and I can delve into the story if you would like. Again, this is Bloody Disgusting. This is written by John Squires. I want to properly attribute everything. Okay. All right. So, headline. Nick Castle teases that Halloween Ends will have a, quote, surprising conclusion, mm. end quote. Thought? <laughs> I, at this point, I don't know that I like surprising being included. In right? <laughs> Unless that surprising is like, you know how terrible Halloween Kills will, was? Well, surprise! Yeah. This one's actually good. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but I suspect yeah. the filmmakers themselves are not thinking that way. 